everyone. Welcome to So Good Sisterhood. I'm your host, Julie Mullins, and my husband Todd and I pastor Christ Fellowship Church together. The So Good Sisterhood is a podcast that is all about investing in every girl from every generation. It's this opportunity to have relevant conversations every single month about living intentionally, leading confidently, and loving generously. And hopefully it will leave you saying, that was so good. Hey everyone, welcome back to the So Good Sisterhood podcast. And we're going to do things a little bit different in this episode. A few weeks back at our Christ Fellowship Church Conference, I actually sat down with two of my very favorite people, Sarah Keller and Irene Rollins, and we had a powerful conversation about relationships. And I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. But before we jump in, there's a couple of questions that you sent in that I want to make sure that we address. So let's jump into some of these questions. The first one, comes from Selena. And Selena asks, how does someone build community with other sisters when they don't know anyone and they feel intimidated? Wow, such a great question because community is so important. And I want to address the first half of the question. What do you do when you don't know anyone? And the first thing I would say is to make sure you get into spaces and places that are going to increase your chances to meet the right people, other people that have the same priorities, the same goals as you have. And I am super unapologetic about a verse in Psalm 92 that it says, those who are planted in God's house are going to flourish. And you know, the other thing that I thought about was that we need to be open to not picking our own friends. And what I mean by that is that sometimes the friends that we want are not the friends that we need. And God actually has this way of choosing our friends for us that we need. And so being open to maybe a friend that might be a little bit older than you or it might be in a different life stage than you are. I remember several years ago when I was a young mom, I wanted a friend my age to, to run alongside me. And God picked out someone that was 25 years older than me. And she became such a mentor in my life. And I can't even imagine what my life would have looked like without her. And the third thing I would say is that we all need to be the friend that we wish that we had. And so many times we can feel void of friendship and relationship. And that's happened to me in my own life. And I just remember times where I've prayed and cried out, God, please send me the kind of friend that I need. And, and he speaks to my heart, just Julie, be that friend. And it's amazing how when you pour yourself out the way that you wish you were being poured into, how God blesses that and friendships grow from that place. And the last thing I would say is this part about feeling intimidated. I just want to encourage you that Every one of us feels intimidated at one time or another in relationships. Relationships are intimidating. It might be that you've gotten hurt in the past. It might be that things didn't work out the way that you wanted them to. And, and I always say, you know, have you ever had a bad restaurant experience? Me too, but that doesn't mean I stopped going to restaurants. Just because you've had a bad experience doesn't mean you give up on relationships. It's too vital. It's too important. You've got to put yourself out there. There's so much at stake, and God has so much out there for you when you just step out, take a risk. So the second question comes from Paige, and Paige asks, what personal discipline has impacted your spiritual life the most? And Paige, this is a great question. And when I look back in the rearview mirror over the last 40 years of following the Lord, I would say the one practice that has actually impacted my spiritual life and my life the most is developing a consistent, quiet time in the morning, a time of 
reading the word, of worshiping, and of prayer. And that is amazing. But God is always like stretching us and growing us. And so for me, over the last few years, I've added a practice into that morning routine that that has been life-changing, to be honest with you. And so what I found over the last few years is that when I was you know, managing through the stress of 2020 and the chaos that came with that. I remember there was a a time and a season where I didn't lose confidence in God. I knew he was powerful, but I began to lose confidence in myself. Every day I woke up thinking, there is no way I have what it takes to face this day. There's no way I have what it takes to, to lead my family and lead in the church with all the demands that this season is demanding of me. And I knew that I needed a new battle strategy to be able to combat the thoughts that were holding me hostage every single day. And so during this season, I began the practice of declaring God's word and God's truth over my problems and over my priorities every single day. And I call these my daily declarations. And I'm going to put my daily declarations in the show notes. What these declarations are is I would take God's truth and apply it to a lie that the enemy was telling me and begin to declare those words over my family and over my situation. And one of those um, one of those declarations is about my kids because they're a priority relationship. And I also had to make some declarations over my problems, declarations over my life on a daily basis. There was just power in the repetition and it changed my thoughts. And then my thoughts began to change my attitude and my attitude began to change my actions. So when you ask, what spiritual practices had the greatest impact on your life, I would say that declaring God's truth over my life, and I would encourage you, if you don't have declarations, that I've got one for you. And this is a declaration about claiming the joy and the abundant life that Jesus came to give you. So here's the declaration. I choose happiness, but I don't resist pain. I will do the hard thing, take the high road, and press into uncomfortable situations because I know this is going to make me more like Jesus and produce a joy that will outlast today. So I gave you a declaration, and now we're going to jump into this conversation where you're going to see this declaration come to life. Welcome to the So Good Sisterhood podcast. I'm so glad that you're joining us today. And I'm really excited because we are sitting here in our Christ Fellowship Life Center in the middle of Christ Fellowship Conference. And I love when we do our church conference because some of my favorite people show up. And today I'm sitting here with two of my very favorite people, Irene Rollins and Sarah Keller. They're both incredible leaders, next level pastors, literally next level pastors. And, um, but to me, they are just such dear friends that I've learned so much from. And I would just love a minute. One thing I love to do with friends is um, when we haven't seen each other for a while, is just to catch up. So I'll start with you, Sarah. Let's catch yes. me up. What's going on in your life Ooh. and ministry life and friend life, all of it. Well, first of all, can I just honor you and thank you, Pastor Julie, for being my sister and my friend uh, for Christ Fellowship. Uh, you all are just such an inspiration. You and 
Pastor Todd. I just love you to pieces. We are doing fantastic. Uh, our boys, Will and Drew, 21, 18. Uh, Will is at Southeastern up in Lakeland. Uh, Drew is a part of our SU at NLC. Our church is thriving and uh, just growing, coming back from, you know, the crazy yeah. COVID mm -hmm. pandemic season we've all been in. But uh, we've got our three locations. Our fourth location is being built right Amazing. now. Uh, things are going great. We also have our uh, sisterhood network uh, within our relational network of churches and our sisterhood. They watch, they listen to this podcast. <laughs> they watch everything from Aww. you, Pastor Julie, and I know uh, that they're going to love this. So hey. just thank you for being you. Shout out to Sarah's sisterhood. <laughs> love you yeah. girls so much. And Irene, catch us up a little bit. What's going on in your world? I also absolutely love you. And I love you, Sarah, too. I love you, too, All the Irene. sister love right here. But uh, Pastor uh, Tom preached today mm -hmm. about uh, being connected to champions. Yeah. So I am just so grateful that I'm connected to a champion and a mm -hmm. boss leader that you are, Pastor mm -hmm. Julie. So, um, and I have a boss leader right here, my friend Sarah. So my husband and I launched a ministry called Two Equals One, a marriage ministry last year. And um, we have been in just mode of uh, building whatever God wants us to do with this ministry. He's going to show us as we go. Um, so our website is, has been launched and we are doing conferences wow. and EXO conference and speaking. To, it's Love Month. Yeah. We're in February right now as we record. So um, we're traveling, speaking. Um, but I'm also a parent to three amazing, almost grown kids. I've got a 16-year-old at home who can't wait to come to conference tonight. <laughs> and um, I have two at SCU. Wow. And uh, Jaden and Kayla, and I'm just loving being a mom. Just moved to West Palm Beach, adjusting, and um, yeah, transition is transition, yeah. whether it's good or bad, I but know. I am all in and um, just grateful. Yeah, you're doing it. So I'm hey, it. for those of you who don't know, Southeastern University, when yeah. they're both talking about SEU, both of their kids, that's amazing. And we're going to make sure that we get um, the Two Equals One website in the show notes as well as Next Level Church because we want you to get to know Sarah and Irene even better. Well, this season on the podcast is all about relationships, right? Mm -hmm. And the whole podcast is about living intentionally, leading confidently, and loving generously because we want to love big with our lives. And that's what relationships are all about. And you know, when it comes to relationships is that whether you're in middle school or you're middle age, friendship can be complicated. But I believe that the kingdom potential that God has placed within us will never be realized in isolation because it's in relationship where some of the rough edges are worked off, where blind spots are exposed, where encouragement comes in. And so I know that I would not be who I am today without the two of you. Um, and I just wish for everyone the kind of relationships that, that Sarah, you and I have developed over the years and Irene just in such a short time, um, what God is doing, just binding our hearts together. But, you know, every relationship, when I think about relationship, every relationship that I'm in has one common denominator. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> so, if, yeah. Yeah. So if there's, if I'm having relationship problems, I'm probably part of it, you know, mm -hmm. and I figure if I can get 50%, if I can get, if I can get better, the relationship's going to at least get 50% better as I get better. And That's so, um, so I just thought we might kick off a little bit. And I just don't know when it comes to friendship and relationships that there's always the potential when you step into a relationship for hurt to happen. It's the risk that we take. And I didn't know if either of you might have maybe a friendship fail 
that you can talk about. A time when you, you thought you were kind of trying to kill the game, but yeah, didn't quite work out that way. Yeah, Irene, you got one. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, I have plenty. Um, <laughs> it's funny because I, I like what you said, that friendship gets complicated. And my friend Andy Andrew just wrote a book yes. called Friendship, It's Complicated. Let's put that in the so show notes, good. too. Yes. It's sure. so, yeah. so good. It's a real thing. I don't care how long you've been saved, how That's much right. of a Christian you are. Um, the Bible says that we will get offended, right? Jesus said that, like, it's not if we will, we will get offended. So even in the be- with the best of intentions, um, I've had fails. And I went into a relationship where I was going to be working with a friend, and we made a commitment at the beginning of the friendship, I mean, at the beginning of the, um, the working relationship, that we were never going to let anything come between us. And um, we didn't. But wow. guess what? It still got complicated yes. because our spouses, something complicated happened with them. Right. <laughs> so now um, we have made a decision to go ahead and have give ourselves space so that we can, um, you know, navigate the awkwardness of the season. And I would, I would call it a fail because I really wish it didn't happen. I wish it didn't have to end this way. Like... I wish we could have just talked and resolved and things like that, but the fact of the matter is the work relationship did complicate the friendship dynamic. And um, I'm just hoping and praying that I get an opportunity for restoration, reconciliation, whatever it looks like in the future. You know, I I think that is is such a great point because even with the best intentions Mm -hmm. and commitment, I mean, both of you were both committed. It still got complicated. But Mm -hmm. I also want to encourage you because when you think about friendships in the kingdom, we're not talking about sprints. We're talking about marathons. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you do have to, you know, get in the rest tent during a marathon, Mm -hmm. get a drink of water. And then, and and there's going to be a time, I'm going to believe that there's going to be a time and a place where it may not be, it may not get less complicated, Mm -hmm. but I do believe that there can be resolved because both of you are intentional, you're mature Mm -hmm. and and, and that's what you're wanting. So Mm -hmm. even with the best intentions, factors that we're not even anticipating yeah. can anticipate can come into the mm-hmm. picture. So thank you for sharing that. No Sarah, problem. do you, well, have a- <laughs> you know what I was thinking? I kind of went a whole different direction and I thought about uh, so many times, like I want to help and sometimes my help uh, can hurt the relationship. So I was trying to think of, because uh, I feel like when you said there are two of us in the relationship and I'm the constant, I'm like, oh my goodness, how many times have I done that, right? Where I think, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to help, I'm just trying to help, but my help is actually hurting right. the relationship. <laughs> I thought of a really funny moment, um, really between my husband and I, when before GPSs, you you all remember, before oh, yeah. there was the amazing GPS, that means that you had to navigate. Right, and like there were maps. So yeah, like, yeah, you had to like get maps out and all of that. And my husband was so good at being able to say, no, I know where we're going. Mm -hmm. But I was constantly saying, are you sure? Are we, are we supposed to turn? And then I'm just trying to help. And oh my goodness, it about broke up our marriage so many times (laughs) that it was like, and he's like, babe, I know where I'm going. I know. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, like that's a silly illustration, but I realized, you know, early on in our relationship, and then it just spilled onto friendships like Sarah, Mm -hmm. sometimes you just need to back off. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you think your help in whatever situation is actually kind of hurting the relationship. Mm -hmm. Like just back off, trust them. Like, 
like, you know, just be a friend. If they ask for help, step in. If not, <laughs> yeah. maybe just be a little quiet, you know? <laughs> so uh, I learned that in, in GPS has saved our marriage, girls. Yes. It's yes. like, yes. good, we can just put it in yeah. and we don't have to argue wherever <laughs> it tells us to go. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I don't mean to get on a sidebar here, but GPS has not saved my marriage. Oh, because, no. No, because Todd always thinks that he knows better than the GPS. <laughs> the GPS and I'm like, there are, seriously, he's like, oh, no, they're saying oh, to go this wrong. way, but I'm supposed to go this way. I'm like, so I'm not sure what all that says. So at least we're I not alone. I, too, have not been very helpful as I, as I have shared. That is so, so funny. Oh, my God. But, you know, like we said, relationships, it's all about really getting to know the other person, mm-hmm. loving the other person the way that they need to be loved. Because like you said, your heart, you were helpful. Mm-hmm. But sometimes in a relationship, it's not about, you know, what we have to offer mm-hmm. or how we want to be loved yeah. mm-hmm. or helped. Yes. It's about loving the other person the way that they desire to be loved. And I think mm-hmm. that takes time and it takes, you know, it takes really learning other people. Um, but, you know, I, I love what you guys were saying. And um, I, I think both of your instances really highlight the fact that, you know, in relationships, we can make mistakes, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. in friendships, we can make mistakes. And I think the, the, the big challenge is that sometimes we need to make sure that those mistakes don't become regrets, and course correcting when we can, you know, just even the course correction of, of understanding that maybe I'm, my helpfulness is not helpful. Your course correction of going, hey, this, you know, we just need to take some space, but then we can get back on course. And I exactly. love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. So, Irene, last season, mm-hmm. you shared your journey about your family mm-hmm. and, um, and the battle for sobriety. And if you have not heard this episode Anybody that's listening, you need to go back to season one and listen to that episode. And you talked about how you had to go back and talk through some things with your family that 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 you knew had hurt them and to be able to find reconciliation and restoration. And we've had lots of sisters mm-hmm. reach out about that episode, that it really has such an impact. And I think no matter what, at some point in life, we are going to get hurt or hurt somebody else. And we've got to learn how to navigate and do it well. So um, I guess that, you know, our hope that today's episode would help somebody to maybe do this well. And, you know, before um, we dive into a little bit of this, there's a scripture in Matthew 15, and it talks about this woman that came and asked Jesus to heal her daughter. And it's this really unique interaction with Jesus. At first, there's not a response from him. And then he talks about taking the children's bread and throwing it to the dogs. But she persists. She goes, but even, you know, even the dogs get the crumbs off the table. And Jesus says to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her, his, her daughter was actually healed in that moment. And I think about that story, and there's so many things that we could take from that. But just the fact that this woman decided and chose not to be offended not to be offended. And because she chose to be unoffended and unoffendable, she received a miracle, which actually, I just wonder sometimes like what supernatural work that God wants to do in our relationships, in our own lives, if we would just also live unoffendable and unoffended. So as we talk about this, because we are living in a culture where everybody is offended about something and at everything, everything, right? Yep. Everything. Um, <laughs> and if they're not offended, they're going to find a reason to get offended. <laughs> and so how how do we, or maybe you guys have, you know, have wrestled this to the ground of just how do we as believers and in relationships live unoffended and unoffendable? Do you have any best practices for that? 
Well, I think, you know, like Irene, you were just talking about, uh, Jesus did tell his disciples that offenses will come. So I think even just acknowledging like the opportunity for us to be offended is going to be everywhere. And just because we're Christ followers, it doesn't mean that uh, that the opportunity for that offense isn't going to come. And so I think one of the things for me that has helped is really, because I was not good at this early on, I did not grow up in a home where it was like, let's not be offended. I grew up in a home that was like, let's just be fake and let's pretend and let's just move on. But really it was a lot of things hidden. And and so learning this, you know, in my adult years was different. Um, but I think for me, one of the things that has helped is really kind of understanding that hurt is just like an unmet expectation. So I expected something to happen. Instead, I got this. And what was left in between is kind of like this hurt. Like, man, I thought it was going to be this way. I, I, I wish it was going to be. I, I, why didn't they? Why? And so recognizing that every day, all day, I might have an expectation of anyone in relationships or anything. And when it's not met, I might have the opportunity to be hurt. Um, and, and so I think for me, though, it's the choice to not get offended. So like even being able to see, I might be hurt, I might be a little let down, that might be there, but the offense is a choice. It's a choice to pick it up. It's a choice to carry it. It's a choice to hold on to that bitterness. It's a choice, you know, it, to not actually take the bait. Um, there was years ago that I I, I was standing in the foyer and uh, I, had, I had been leading with Matt uh, for years. Since we started the church 20 years ago, we've, you know, led together, but seven years ago, I made the transition to uh, co-leading with him, to preaching more publicly, to pastoring. And uh, I was standing in the foyer and had a gentleman walk up and hand me a note. And I was right after I had preached, oh yeah, girls. And he said, "Um, this isn't for you. Would you give this to your husband? And I felt the Holy Spirit say, don't take the bait. Like it, like this is a letter that is filled with a, a fence and like you can, you can take the bait or you can't. And sure enough, I opened it up and it was full of offensive things about me and you know, how could you let her and all of this, but. I'm offended right now. I know, I know. right? It was so, right. So don't pick it up. Yeah. Um, mm. I was so thankful mm. for the Holy Spirit in that moment to be like, hey, Sarah, you had an expectation that after this, mm-hmm. everyone would be like, thank you for that message. Message. You didn't get it, but don't pick up the offense and to just quickly forgive him and, you know, honestly, just mm-hmm. be sad. I, I remember thinking like, oh man, he didn't receive anything that God had for him out of that message, but it's a choice. And so I think even just the difference from understanding, man, I expected something to happen, but I've got the choice whether I pick up that offense or not. So good. That's great. I'm really loving this I know we're both like taking thing. notes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a choice. You really... Um, that is really hitting home with me because I was actually thinking about um, even the bait of Satan yes. that uh, John Bevere wrote. Yes. We'll put it Such in a good book. Yes. And that's actually where I learned about this whole offense thing and how to deal with it early on in my walk with Christ. And I just, I think about the choice now that you've given me that word, to not be offended. I choose to give people the generous thought. That's kind of the way I put it. So it's easy for me because I'm a nine on the Enneagram. I'm a peacemaker. So I'd rather have harmony and like believe the best in people. But so I'm going to listen to the thing that maybe hurt me and felt I felt offended by. 
and I'm going to make a choice to give them the benefit of the doubt that maybe they didn't mean it, or maybe they're speaking out of a wound, or maybe they're speaking out of ignorance. They just don't know. They don't know my hurt, my filters, my triggers. So give them the generous thought, benefit of the doubt, and maybe perhaps get curious and ask them questions about where they're coming from before I just go right into a fence and what have you. Another choice we have is to hold on to the truth. So my friend and I, whose relationship got complicated, we decided to give space because that's what I believe that's maturity. It takes a lot of maturity and boundaries to do that. So while we're taking our space, um, I sent her a text. I said, here's what I know. I'm going to hang on to the truth. The truth is I love you. You love me. We have a genuine, authentic friendship that's been for years and we've invested years. Our spouses are going through some challenges. I'm not going to take on their offense. So I'm going to choose not to take on the offense of someone else. There's the choice again. And I'm going to honor and respect you in this space, time of space. So that yeah. all of, yeah. It's that. choice, choice, Hold choice. Choice, choice, choice. And I think it's also pre-deciding. Like, pre-dec- like, okay, I, it's not just a choice in the moment, but I'm going to pre-decide that this is the kind of person that I'm going to be. There's a scripture that says, I don't even know where it's found. It's, great peace have thee that love thy law and nothing shall offend them. It's like, that's the King James Version. And I memorized it as a youth leader working with students because there was going to be a lot of opportunities to be heard or offended. And, and I just think that, that God gives peace when we love his word, when we know his word, and we invest in being in, in our character and decide in advance that we are not going to be offended. It certainly makes those those times when people come up to you and say the wrong thing and, and it helps you to, first of all, give them the benefit of the doubt, give them grace, but also think generously towards them. I think part of thinking generously, one of the things we say a lot is um, to put a 10, like think there's, look, every person you look into their face, you just put a little post-it with the number 10 on their forehead. And it's like you view them as a 10 and you just go, you know what? God loves them. They're created in his image. And even if they might've said that, just like you said, we don't know their history and they don't know our triggers, our history. And so you just, I think a lot of times people have no idea they're being offended because I, I don't, I want to live unoffended, but I just pray that I'm not offensive. Yes. <laughs> That's another thing. I mean, I'm just yeah. going, I don't want to be. I do, right? Yes. I'm <laughs> unintentionally. Unintentionally. Yes. You know, so yes. just Lord, help us to be unoffendable, yeah. unoffended, and not offensive. Yeah. You know? so, it's giving um, others the grace that we hope that we, we give hope. ourselves yes. and other people will give us. Absolutely. So yeah. So mm-hmm. I think it's a posture. You know, we yeah. just kind of, we live in that posture mm-hmm. of, you know, especially in this culture. I will not be offended. I will not make offensive remarks on social media. You know, I will not, I'm I'm not going to get sucked into the offense of this culture. We are called to be counter-cultural. And don't you think like in this, our relationships as kingdom relationships, I just really believe that they are going to stand out to the world and to people walking. I mean, I know there've been girls who have walked into our sisterhood and like, I've never experienced this. I've never experienced a place where there are girls that are actually celebrating me instead of competing with me, that there are actually people that aren't offended by, you know, by, by every 
little thing that I might say that is a difference of opinion that they might have. So it's pretty cool. But yeah, the other thing I I wanted to bring up too was that a lot of times that I can handle it for myself, but it is very easy to pick up an offense if it's about our kids. Yes. Or about our husband. husband. Mm -hmm. And so that's an extra measure, like extra level Christian that can like be there. So I'm not saying I'm all the way there, but I I do have to work hard, you know, at not when someone says anything, especially about our kids, yeah. you know, yeah. um, but that, that we that work hard. Mama bear that comes mama out. Bear mama comes bear comes out. But same thing, the same thing yes. goes, the same negative impact of being offended for ourselves. If we allow that mm-hmm. offense, you know, then bitterness, then unforgiveness, yep. then, you know, cynicism sets in. And right. so we have to guard, I think as, as moms, we have to guard against that, you know, extra. Right? Because our kids will actually pick up on that. Absolutely. And they'll, they'll oh, pick yeah. up on our bitterness and our cynicism mm-hmm. or they can pick up on our grace, yes. our benefit of the doubt, our forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Absolutely. oh, okay, we have to teach them while we're walking through it. Yeah. It's hard though. Wow. It is so hard. Good. But I have gotten a chance to see my children do that. So my daughter Maya is only 16 and I have watched her navigate middle school and early high school relationships where she cut you know she's been offended by people and I'm like three months later she's back at the skating rink with the same person I'm like what are you I thought you guys weren't friends and she's like oh mom she just had a bad day you know what I mean yeah. if we can teach yep. our Woo. kids that yep. and she's like I gotta have some grace with her I'm like she's listening I love yes. that I love that <laughs> well I think it also goes back to you know yes we need to be unoffendable and pre-decide all of that but that doesn't mean that we don't acknowledge when somebody has hurt us mm-hmm. or done something that has been offensive. And so um, that kind of turns the corner into the next thing I'd love to talk about is just all about forgiveness. Because just because we acknowledge that someone did something to hurt us and we choose to forgive them doesn't mean that we were offended in the first place. It just means we shortened the distance between, you know, by dealing with it with forgiveness. We shortened, I think that offense comes over time. Whereas if we can forgive, we live a life. That's one way we can live a life unoffendable. So, um, so I guess for you, what does forgiveness in a relationship, especially a friendship, look like? What does it mean to you? Well, for me, like the first thing I can think of is ownership. I know it's like, it doesn't sound like it's in the same family when you just say it at first, but so I, here's what I've learned. I'm going to, someone said it earlier, like I'm going to be the person, be the friend that I want. So I'm going to be that first. So I'm going to make a choice that if I offend someone and someone has expressed to me that they are offended by me, I'm going to take full ownership. Even if I don't, didn't do it intentionally, even if it's not my truth, it's their reality. So if I go first and I try to be that um, and take ownership, I'm so sorry you feel that way and whatever, can you forgive me? Um, please know that's not my intention, da, da, da. But vice versa. So now I've been offended. Um, and for me, like, again, just that grace, giving people the generous thought and then um, asking questions because sometimes I'm offended about something that's not true. Does that make sense? So I'm not going to, like, you know, I'm going to ask questions before I did make an assumption that um, what their intention was. So I might not even need to forgive them because that's not what they intended. I think it takes maturity to be able to get over how you feel initially from the offense and just get curious and ask questions because they very well could not have 
meant to offend you and you're, you know, running around bitter and unforgiven, unforgiving and drinking poison and <laughs> expecting the other person to die. So, um, but yeah, forgiveness, I think, um, it's just all about grace, grace, grace is the word that kind of comes to mind. Yeah, seeking and giving. Yeah, seeking, seeking and giving. Seeking understanding and giving mm-hmm. grace. So yeah. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I love that when the disciples asked Jesus how we should pray, that Jesus included forgiveness. And, you know, we it's so easy to quote the Lord's Prayer and, you know, just go through the motions. But he was really saying, hey, I, I need my disciples, if we're following Jesus, to model daily forgiveness. Like, Father, forgive me for anything I've done. And then I'm going to choose to forgive anyone else who's offended me, any, any, any area. And mm-hmm. I think it's really having that daily lifestyle of mm-hmm. repentance and forgiveness and seeing it as a gift. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a gift that we can actually release things from our heart. It's a gift that we can actually uh, receive forgiveness from God for ourselves. And I think about uh, Psalm 139 and verses 23 and 24. Uh, I mean, Psalm 139 is like one of my favorite chapters. Uh, Sisterhood, you got to read Psalm 139 if you're not familiar with it. But it's so amazing because David is like, you know, talking all about like how we are made and everything's amazing. And then right in the middle of it, he starts talking about his enemies and all of this stuff. And you can just feel like the opportunity for him to get offended yeah. was there. And then <laughs> then right at the end, he says, so search me and know my heart and see if there's any offensive way in me and then lead me in the way of the everlasting. And so I think for me, forgiveness is really saying every single day, like, is there something that I even unknowingly picked up? Would right. you search me, search yes. me, search me? One day when I was reading the scripture, I felt the Holy Spirit say, Sarah, when it search you like a TSA agent, like wow. where you go through, before you go through the metal detector and you actually slow down and you feel, is there anything in my pockets? Is there anything left over? Like before I go through that metal detector, because I've got something really good for you, but you can't get there if you've got your heart all clogged up yeah. and you're, you have yeah. a forgiven. And so I think it's just really receiving his forgiveness giving it freely so that you can just move about like Mm -hmm. so God search me search me and just seeing it as a gift you know because so many times we hold on to it I was Mm -hmm. not good at this like I'm a one on the Enneagram so unlike you my my uh, ammo is like resentment and like hold on to everything like pick up any retaliation rock and throw it back and so you you know the Holy Spirit is saying would you just receive the forgiveness and Mm -hmm. give it freely every day it's just that lifestyle I love that I love that Sarah like what you said about resentment in recovery at Celebrate Recovery, we talk about that all the time. In um, these, in uh, Celebrate Recovery is a Christ-based twelve-step uh, program, and we talk about dealing with our resentments on a regular basis because every single day we deal with God. We and we ask God, God, am I resentful about something? And if I am, <laughs> bring it to my attention so that I can deal with it and bring it to your feet because resentment over time is what leads to relapse. Mm. It leads to emotional unhealth. It leads to bitterness and all of these things that lead people to medicate or abuse a substance person or thing. So dealing with those resentments on a daily basis is amazing (laughs) (laughs) because you're giving away the forgiveness right and then you're going and making amends to people and asking for forgiveness when mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's so good well i we only have a couple minutes left but in these final few minutes because a lot of people think that forgiveness and reconciliation are the same thing. Mm-hmm. And there are times in our lives when we have relationships that we have forgiven abuses, 
you know, um, things that have just hurt us dramatically. And, um, and, and there's, we're, we're, we're are, we are commanded to forgive, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we need, that we need to step back into a relationship mm-hmm. that could be hurtful, harmful, and abusive to us. Mm-hmm. And when you think about even um, David, you mentioned him earlier, you know, that, um, that he had a relationship with Saul and he was constantly, he honored Saul, he forgave Saul. But at one point after Saul threw the spear at him and almost killed him, you know, mm-hmm. there had to be a little boundary set up there, right? Yeah, um, so even David practiced boundaries. So I wonder, you know, if you guys have any, just a couple of thoughts around, you know, just the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation and what kind of, what, what are some, um, some boundaries? What, what are some good guidelines for boundaries and how do I create them if I need them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the first thing that comes to mind in my journey of recovery um, is just simply when I got back from rehab and having to make amends and ask forgiveness of so many people that I had hurt during my battle with alcoholism. And, you know, obviously first and foremost was my husband and my children. That was really hard, but at the same time, um, so freeing, Mm. asking for forgiveness and receiving it from them. They gave it so freely. Now, other family members, it was a little bit more complicated. I did not get the receive forgiveness and in the way that I thought I would. In fact, um, when I asked or apologized or asked for forgiveness, they rejected it. They said, no, you didn't do anything wrong. You're not an alcoholic. It's this. They wanted to blame shift. I think it, believe it was shame. So it was like um, I had to release this idea that um, I was going to be able to ask for forgiveness. They would forgive me and see the reality of the situation. It's almost as if um, I was they, like... I didn't get what I was expecting in my asking for forgiveness. And so the boundary I had to create was, no, I have acknowledged that I have an issue with alcohol. So this is something that if you're going to be in close relationship with me, I need you to respect and honor. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to, I'm never going to do that again. I identify with this struggle and this issue. Um, I'm sorry for how it impacted you, even if you don't want to acknowledge it. So the boundary is there. Our relationship is different, but it's still good. And I'm okay with the new because the old um, relationship would mean that I'd have to go back to dysfunction. And I no longer care for that. That's so good. So if it has to be a little bit more um, uh, generic of a relationship or high level or what's the word I'm looking for, like... um, Surfacey a little bit. I'm okay with that first because I'd rather have that than the dysfunction we used to have. Mm -hmm. So that's so good. So good. Wow. It's just so true, Pastor Julie, that you know reconciliation and restoration. It it is different than forgiveness. So we can forgive from our heart, and we cannot pick up the offense, and we can be good with God. Mm -hmm. Uh, But as far as the relationship, Mm -hmm. I think that really does require that both parties are humble. Mm -hmm. and that they are safe and willing to kind of rebuild that trust. And so if that isn't there, Mm -hmm. then sometimes reconciliation isn't possible at all. And like Dr. Henry Cloud says, there might be a necessary ending. There's a great book called that too. So, Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, and so if if you have to have a necessary ending, okay. But I do think like you're saying, Irene, oftentimes there is just a, what does this look like now? And what are 
are those healthy boundaries that we can put in place where, you know, I've had uh, extended family members very similar. Like I tried, we tried, I'm sorry, but it's just, if it's not a safe place, if these aren't safe people where they appreciate my humanity and I can appreciate theirs and we can be in real relationship, mm-hmm. then we do go to some of those more surface so we can have, you know, a dinner together and I've got 10 safe topics. Like yeah. I know what we're going to talk mm-hmm. about and what we're not going to talk about. And that's okay. That's yeah. okay. You know, it's it a, it's okay. a new place to be because like <laughs> David and Saul, if you continue to put yourself in that place where the spear can come at you, then at some point you're not using the wisdom that God has given Correct. you yes. uh, to actually say, I don't have to stay in this relationship. Yes. I don't have to keep putting myself in that place of hurt and pain over right. and over again. So yeah. I think it is being able to use the wisdom that God has given us. And it's hard, yes. um, but it's also so freeing, yes. you know, mm-hmm. to be able to figure out what those healthy boundaries are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I never like to end, you know, this topic. I, I like to close the loop just a little bit, especially if someone's in an abusive relationship yeah, sure. and someone is being physically abused, emotionally yes. abused, um, sexually abused in any way that um, that you would get the help that you need. We'd never be able to even think that we could cover mm-hmm. all of that in a sure. podcast like this, but that that is not God's plan for you. Abuse is not the word over your life. And so it, it, many times there is there can be forgiveness without a restoration and reconciliation. And there are many times, both of you kind of hit on this, that, um, that someone may try to manipulate you into restoration and reconciliation because they think that they, they equate that to forgiveness, but that that is not God's plan, yes. you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and, and there are boundaries many times. So if you're in that situation that I would just encourage you to make sure that you talk to someone, yes. that Absolutely. you get the help that you need, because a lot of times in, especially in, um, Christian circles, I'm so sad to say, mm-hmm. can be some of the, the the places where abuses happen because we're in such a grace-filled, forgiving environment. Mm-hmm. But there is a difference, and yeah. God does not call us to abuse. He calls us to forgiveness, but he also calls us to freedom. Yes. And he does not want us bound to the things of our past. And mm-hmm. so, um, There's but, grace, but there's also truth. There's grace right. and truth there's truth. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And the truth sets us free. And <laughs> the truth for for your life and for our lives is that we'd be able to walk in freedom, mm-hmm. free from forgiveness, free from abuse, free That's from, right. um, free from offense. Yes. And so from this offense. has been so good. And mm-hmm. before we close any resources that you would recommend. Lisa Turkhurst just had a book of forgiving what you can't forget. Yes. That is great. That, that yeah. is a good mm-hmm. one. Yeah. That is yeah. a good one. Forgiving what you can't forget. Um, I like to not add, just remember necessary endings. Yes. yes. I really mm-hmm. think that that one by Dr. Henry Cloud is critical. Um, and yeah. all of the boundaries book. Also, yes. if you're like, man, a boundaries I'm just, podcast. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at boundaries. Learn it. You yes. can mm-hmm. you can learn That's it. Right. You can grow That's right. in mm-hmm. it and it will set you free. Yeah. Awesome. Well, ladies, thank you so much. Thank you for being such ah. great friends and Aww, just you. love you guys so love much. You. And I'm excited about what God's doing in your lives, in your ministries, in the relationships that God's allowed you to be able to speak into. And I am just excited for the next time we get to get together. Okay. Love you guys. <laughs> love, you. love you too. We're so glad you joined us today for the So Good Sisterhood podcast. For additional resources and show notes from today's episode, check out our website, SoGoodSisterhood.com. Remember, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but He's always doing a new thing. What step are you going to take today so you don't miss out on it? 
If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend or just leave us a comment. We hope today's episode leaves you feeling so good.